0: You're listening to episode number 15 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. In today's episode, we are covering websites in depth with our incredible designer, Sarah Crook. Sarah is the founder and lead designer of Elizabeth Designs, a branding and web design boutique for wedding industry professionals based in Atlanta. When Sarah is not leading her team of five, you'll find her guiding her group of over 400 designers in weekly discussions or mentoring designers one-on-one to help them achieve their greatest business aspirations. In her free time, Sarah enjoys traveling with her family and serving at a local nonprofit organization. She has been nominated for Forbes 30 Under 30, 20 on the Rise, and featured in the show at Spark Anthology. She is highly involved in educational business outlets nationwide and offers training for designers via her online course. In today's episode with Sarah, we are going deep down into websites and all that comes with that. Sarah gives so much info, tips, strategies, and tools to make your website stand out among the masses and actually convert viewers into paying, loyal clients. We go over some of the biggest tips to make your website stand out, the most common mistakes to avoid when creating your website homepage and pricing page design specifically, because those are really important, guys. (laughs) Navigation, mobile optimization, loading speed, when to hire a designer and when to do it yourself, design hacks to catch people's eyes, and so much more. Seriously, guys, this episode is jam-packed with so many tangible tips, and I can't believe we got all of this goodness in one episode. (laughs) Seriously. So let's stop chatting and let's get to the juicy good stuff. Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: Sarah Crook, oh my gosh, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Evie and I sing your praises to literally everyone. You are a lifesaver in our businesses, in all of our design work. And so we are so excited to have you on today to talk about all things design, websites, the whole shebang. So Sarah, Tell our viewers how we met, how we got to get connected, all of that jazz. Yeah.
2: Um, So I believe it was like at the very beginning of this year, I got on um, the HoneyBook app and it had like this little opportunities area on it. And I saw that you had posted looking for some last minute help with a landing page. Um, And so I think we got in touch from there. Um, We ended up emailing back and forth and then hopping on the phone and um, that was our first project together. It was that landing page. And then from there, it just kind of blossomed into some additional work for the Hart University and doing the site for that. Um, and then I got the opportunity to work with both of you on your websites too, which was just the funnest thing ever. So that was our little history. (laughs) It
0: It was so much fun. It was so good. We just, I just have to like brag, like I know it's our website, so we probably shouldn't do this, but also (laughs) like Sarah crushed our websites. Like Lindsay and I are so (laughs) obsessed with them. Um, so if any of our listeners have not checked out like Sarah's work, um, please go just do that now. Like you can pause this episode and go look at her work because you're gonna, coming back to this episode, be like, oh my gosh, this girl like knows her shiz, which she does. Um, So if you wanna like go check out her work slash like what she did on our website or her other, like her website, um, please go do that because she's incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. But with that being said, Sarah, I would love to hear, like, tell us about your journey. How did you get to where you are today and what made you start Elizabeth Designs?
2: Yeah. Um. So I had a pretty extensive design background working for my family's company. They had a print shop. So I grew up learning design in my grandmother's lap back in the day when it was just like basic clip art. I would sit in her lap or at her feet by her super old MAC desktop and <laughs> she would let me hand her the different Adobe floppy disks so that she could <laughs> plug them in the computer. And I would learn... From her then, and um, then that just kind of blossomed from there. As I was a teenager, I started learning how to build computers with my dad and taught myself the Adobe Suite pretty much. Um, And then from that, I just started taking art classes in school. My parents really saw that I had a love and a passion for design, and so they enrolled me um, in some different courses and things like that. Um, And then I went on and minored in graphic design in college. So it was just a long time love for me. And then a few years later down the road, after I had been the creative director for some nonprofit organizations for a while, um, my husband and I ended up having our son. And I wanted to have a way to stay home with him and still be able to design. And so I decided to start Elizabeth Designs. Um, And that was about three and a half years ago. So it hasn't been that long, but it has gone by really fast. And I've just loved every minute of being able to still keep up my passion for design and do that, but still be able to be at home and with my son and, you know, be active in his life. So it's honestly been the biggest blessing that I've been able to do both. I I cannot believe that you've been only like doing Elizabeth
1: designs for three years. That blows my mind because you yeah. are so talented and so just professional in every aspect. So that's incredible that that you haven't been doing it that long. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: it seems mm-hmm. like your brand, Sarah, is like one of those brands that like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I have all of my ducks in a row. Like I have my crap together. Like this experience is above and beyond what anyone would ever expect working with a designer. So the fact that you've built that entire like client experience and business and brand, and like, you're so successful, um, clearly and like people are constantly wanting you and you're constantly like booking out. Um, The fact that you built all of that in like three years is just so cool and inspiring and such a testament of like who you are as a business owner and as a designer.
2: Thank you so much. I'm very (laughs) grateful for our team. They are the real MVPs and we've got an amazing team of moms and ladies that work their butts off for our clients and it just makes it all the better. So I'm really grateful for them.
1: That's amazing. Well, and real quick, I want to interject, um, just to expand a little bit on how you met us, the backstory that I think Sarah, you know, this, but I'm not sure if you, I think you know this, but basically we were looking for a landing page, like you said, for the heart, Mm -hmm. um, for our course launch. And literally Evie was looking on Upwork I think and we were looking at different avenues and I was like hey maybe I'll do like that post on Honeybook which like Honeybook's amazing for other reasons other than finding amazing designers but um <laughs> I remember Honey like we I had made that post on Honeybook and Evie you had like reached out to somebody on Upwork and we found somebody that I think she was from New Zealand or something mm-hmm. but we were like, okay, she'll do. Like it, it'll be great. It'll be it'll work. But like, and I, I think in both of our hearts, we knew like we were like settling and trying just to pick somebody right away, just because yeah. they could do the job. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like Sarah, you had I had got a few responses on that Honeybook thing, and I clicked on your site. And this just goes to testament to like what Evie said about feeling like you're in this business for, or have been in this business for 10 plus years, because I looked at your site and I was like, whoa, I was like, this girl is, and I remember texting Evie because she was literally about to pay the girl in New Zealand to do our website. And I literally texted her and I was like, don't pay her. (laughs) (laughs) And I texted Evie your website and I was like, this girl. Mm -hmm. And she like canceled the payment, like literally right as I said that.
0: And here you are. I had literally, Sarah, <laughs> I had put in the credit card number to pay this girl in New Zealand whose work, like, like she, I just, I mean, she was fine, but like such a basics, like, like literally the extreme opposite of you and your design. And like I had put in the credit card number and clicked submit. And the page was like loading, like to take me to the next page. And like Lindsay's text came through at that moment. And I like clicked the X on like the page and was like, please don't go through, please don't go through, please don't go through. And it didn't like, I literally don't know how that payment did not go through, but it, I like stopped the page from loading because I was like, no. (laughs)
2: Gosh, it's so crazy. I'll never quit when you told me that, Lindsay, on the phone. I think it was like a little bit after you booked with me and I was like, this is the craziest story <laughs> ever. But I'm stinking grateful that it happened that way. I wouldn't trade it for anything.
1: Well, it was a God moment for sure. Um, yeah. But just a testament to to like how amazing you are with design. And so that's kind of what we wanted to focus this episode on. Um, you build websites for people, especially the photographer niche. Um, but even beyond that, you just make amazing websites for any creative entrepreneur. So I, we kind of wanted to dive deep into that and mm-hmm. just talk, chat, workshop some things on how people can level their websites. So the first question I have for you is what are some of the biggest things that can make a creative's website stand out?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, you know, aside from obviously showcasing your work, just infusing the personality. I think a lot of times people um, throw their work into a website without realizing that it can be so much more than that. And One of the things that we're really known for is infusing our designs with personality and bringing in artwork and a variety of text styling and colors. There are so many things that can play into that design-wise so that it doesn't look like just a boring template that's housing photos. Um, And unfortunately, I think a lot of people get stuck in that rut because they're like, okay, well... I like so many different things, like what do I choose? And so, um, you know, color theory and things like that can really help you determine um, how you want to attract people and the the kind of people that you want to attract, which kind of ties into knowing who your ideal client is. And honestly, just embracing who you are and what you're about. I think one of the biggest things we find in our brand discovery process is that people are afraid to fully embrace what they like and who they are. And they're afraid of showing that off. Mm-hmm. And so we highly encourage people, you know, if you like this and you're consistently drawn to this one thing, go after that. Like if you love hot pink, put hot pink on your website. If it complements your work, you know um, that might not always be the case, but you know, just looking at things that complement your work, of course, but also really connect to your personality and your story. Um, and also, of course, the messaging that you put in your site and the content, um, making sure that that's infused with your voice and your heart um, makes all the difference in the world.
0: Mm, that's so good. And that's so like directly along what Lindsay and I believe, which is, I think, a big part of why we connect and work so, so well with you. Um that's going to make you stand out and your website stand out so much when you are true to Mm -hmm. yourself and embrace like your own individual, like passions or style or whatever, like that's going to actually stand out head and shoulders above anyone else out there. Um, I freaking love that. We love you. (laughs) Um, and following up with that, like those are some of the biggest things that can make it stand out. But what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see creative entrepreneurs making on their websites today? Mm -hmm. The
2: biggest mistake I see is that people don't showcase their personality and they have lots of dead ends on their website. That's something that can really get you into trouble because, When someone's coming onto your website, you should be constantly directing them to a next step and showing them, really leading them where you want them to go. And so a lot of times when we're doing the complimentary website evaluations that we offer, I'll be in an eval with somebody. And the first thing I see is that every page I click through is a dead end. There's nothing telling me, you know, click here for more information, click here to book with me. Um, you know, click here for this freebie or opt-in or what have you. And so really the user is left to navigate at their leisure. And a lot of times that's going to result in them clicking off of your site. So really your homepage is of the utmost importance because that is where you make your first and a lot of times your last impression. Um, And so just making sure that you're constantly giving people a next step and that you're providing them with Quality information is so important um, to increase your retention rate with the people that are actually coming onto your site and getting them from that home page to your contact page and into your inbox. Um, so definitely dead ends are one of the biggest ones, personality. And then also um, really huge images can be a really big problem. And we see it all day, every day. Um, A lot of times people may even remember to resize their images for their site, but completely forget to do it for their blog. And that can get you into so much trouble with how quickly your site loads speed wise and that ultimately affects your SEO score. So making sure that everything is resized for web is another really big uh, pain point for people as well. You just touched
1: on like so many different <laughs> things that I am so stoked to dive into, like homepage, navigation, no no dead ends. Like I we want to dive all into all of this. Um and I I see that a lot. We do a lot of website critiques for our students in our course and at our workshops. And something that I also find is what you were saying is like I'll scroll down, no matter what page it is, I'll scroll down and like they don't have anything to lead me on. And mm-hmm. I think a really big um, tool that you can use is having a footer navigation bar. So that way you're not forcing people to scroll all the way back up to right. the top just to click on something else. Either you're leading them to the next page with what you're saying on the page, or you're having a bottom navigation bar that leads people on. And it's like a work, it's a, a workflow almost like that they're working through your website. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that a, a really good resource is hot jar. Um, I said that kind of weird, but hot jar
0: <laughs> really <laughs> is emphasizing it, it's like enunciation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hot- <laughs> Hot jar, um, just so everyone can h o t j a r, whatever. Okay, anyways, uh, um, but it's a site that you can sign up for and it, it kind of low key records people on your site, which is kind of weird and creepy, but not re- I mean, it's not showing their face,
0: that's that it's not showing weird, any of that information, just rec- it's just showing, yeah, how no, they're navigating. it's just.
1: Right. It shows how they navigate on your page. So that way, if you sign up, you can like watch like hundreds of people navigating your website. And then you know, like, oh, they're actually never even seeing that button. Like you can kind of see the workflow of what people naturally like navigate through your website, um, which Sarah like attributes to like exactly what you just said. Um, So there's just a bajillion things. But I want to talk kind of a little bit about the first aspect that you said was homepage. Yeah. What's the best way that you say to lay out your homepage? Like, talk to us about homepage tips.
2: Yeah. So, definitely the first thing you want to do when someone lands on your homepage is capture their attention. So, one thing that's really popular and very effective is doing a really large splash image or arrangement of images that's going to immediately captivate them. But then, what you also want to focus on having above the fold, which means What you see on the screen before you start scrolling, Um, that would be above the fold. And then anything after that is going to be below the fold. So above the fold, you want to capture their attention with really great imagery. And then you want to answer the three W's. And that is who you are, what you do, and where you're located. Um, That's super important for communicating to potential clients, but also, again, From an SEO standpoint, because Google is reading that information and that's gonna directly affect your SEO score. But again, that's something we see in evaluations all the time. I'll go through a whole entire website for somebody and I might know their name and the type of services they provide, but I have no idea where in the world they're located or the different areas that they offer services. So those are three really big things. The three W's is what we call them who, what, and where. like an an invite, yeah, (laughs) like a SVP. So, um, the next thing is after you answer the three W's, make an introduction to yourself, a formal introduction, talking about who you are, um, you know, what you do, you can reiterate that a little bit, but also like your why, why do you do this? What, what makes you great? Why should people work with you and choose you? Um, and putting in some personality in there as well. You know, I tell people don't write the content of your website like a robot or like you're trying to pass an English exam, um, Mm. write it like you're talking to your best friend because a lot of times that's who your ideal client is. Those are the people you want to be working with. So you want them to connect with you when they're reading that content versus if it sounds like you're trying to pass an English exam, then they're going to be like, Um, This is kind of boring and this person may not be very fun to work with. So again, the content is such a game changer there. And then directing them to, you know, learn more about you on your about page. And then below that, um, you know, it it can be featured blog posts, featured galleries, an email sign up, you know, definitely another step after that. I would say the most beneficial thing is going to be galleries or blog posts. And that just depends on what your priorities are. Um, But either of the two can definitely serve you really well. Um, And then, of course, when you end the page in your footer, reiterating the navigation, like you said, so that they don't have to scroll all the way to the top or have a sticky navigation bar, a little menu icon of some sort that stays with them as they scroll throughout the whole website, And then no matter where they are, they can always navigate somewhere else. Um, But in the footer, also making sure that you address um, your copyright and reserve your rights so that you're actually protecting the content on your website as well. Mm, Freaking
0: so good. (laughs) Like so good. (laughs) I feel like I'm just over here taking notes even though my website is like done and good. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Sarah, you have so much information. Um, and from my understanding of like navigation, like this is what Lindsay and I always teach. Usually the navigation of people, what people do is they go to your homepage and then either directly over to your about page or over to like pricing or investment. Um, and yep. so let's talk a bit about because we've already kind of talked about like about and like not being uh, an English teacher, like being yourself, inviting them into <laughs> a conversation, saying why they should book with you, why you're different, like all of that. Um, talk to us next then about the pricing page, because I know that is one of the top clicks on any website. That's like so important. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, that's nine times out of 10 where people go after your homepage. So it's very important that, again, You don't lose their attention. If you've gotten them from your homepage to your pricing page, it is time for you to push all of your efforts and really hit it home because that is a lot of times your last impression before they decide whether or not they're going to book with you. They're coming there because you have made an impression on them and now it's time to seal the deal. So you want to reiterate your work. You want to, you can showcase your prices if you want to. Some people like to show their prices and some people like to give starting at either at either or is fine. Um, but really don't just show off like, okay, these are my packages and these are my pricing or my starting app. But like your experience is so much bigger than that. So showcase that. Don't just leave them with like, okay, here are the exclusives like they're at you know, a restaurant picking off a menu, showcase them again, like who you are, what can they expect when they work with you? What is that going to be like? How are you going to come alongside them to support them and help them and create a memorable moment for them? Um, So really just showcasing your experience as a whole. And then, you know, the pricing is just the icing on the cake. Um, And then after you showcase your experience and all of that information, the pricing, then hit them with some reviews. That's the best way to end that conversation mm-hmm. because then, you find, okay, you know, here's my experience and my prices, and here are the reviews to back that up and support my prices and why I'm worth mm-hmm. this and you know why you should be working with me. Because you know, I don't know about you, but the first thing I do when I'm about to hire somebody is I'm digging
0: mm-hmm. for reviews. Absolutely,
1: that's mm-hmm. so true. And it's well, even just like when you go out to a restaurant. Like if I'm in a city that I don't know and I'm looking up a place to go out to eat, I'm looking at the reviews because I want to know. I mean, people do that just even for food but they also do that for creative entrepreneurship or a service or a product like people want to know other people's experience so totally mm-hmm. totally love that and just putting reviews everywhere and I really like what you said about the experience like not just putting on your pricing page here's my prices book me nice Hi. <laughs> yeah. but it's like it's like what am I gonna give you that no one else can which is the experience it's it's what makes you unique
2: exactly it's such a huge selling factor for people too because people are comparing experiences so you if you don't even showcase yours then they're not going to know they want Mm -hmm. it so um and that's another thing too even with the verbiage of how you describe that page in your navigation a lot of times we recommend for our clients instead of calling it pricing which immediately throws dollar signs in front of you visually Call it experience because people love to invest in experiences. Mm -hmm. So even that word alone can change the dynamic of how the content is received. Mm,
0: That's so good. Yeah. I think with verbiage on your website in general, like that's something that is so vital to completely like restructure how people are approaching a certain page, um, Mm -hmm. in, in general, but especially when it comes to like the finances, um, and I think one mistake that I constantly see a lot of entrepreneurs making is like, Hey, inquire for, you know, a custom quote or inquire for the prices. And I have many thoughts on that. Lindsay and I both do, but I think listing at bare minimum, your starting prices and what that includes is like, so vital, like talk about the experience yeah. and talk about like what they're going to get with that. Because most of the time they're investing a lot of money into like you as a, as a contractor, as a, a vendor, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you're just like, oh, Hey, yeah, like get into my email inbox. Let me have you jump through five hoops before I'll officially give you my prices. It's just, they're going to click off. Um, yeah. So it's so important. Like, I know you touched on this, Sarah, but just to reiterate, like put your freaking prices on your website, please people for the love of the Lord, put them on there and show why you're worth okay. that. Um, prove to them via reviews, via the experience, via like what you're offering with that, tell them exactly what they're going to get so that they walk away from that page. Like I need this and I want this, like this is worth this investment.
1: Mm-hmm. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. And I think something that just with pricing, I mean, obviously on your whole website, but especially with pricing, tell a story. Like people want to feel something on when they hop on your website, like people buy what they feel like or like what, they get emotionally connected to. And if you can give them an emotional connection through that experience, like Sarah was talking about, um, even on your pricing page, which seems weird, but it's like that's why so many people get it wrong is because they're only focusing on the money. And when people only focus on the money and they're not putting a story or a value or an experience behind it, then that's when they're like, oh, no, I don't... That's not worth it to mm-hmm. me. But, like, that's because they're only viewing, like, the the dollar sign. They're not viewing the experience and the enrichment of a, of a story that they're going to get behind that. Um, yes. And so I just wanted to reiterate that just because uh, yes. I think valuing that story is so important. Um, mm-hmm. But... Transitioning a little bit into another topic that's really huge with websites is mobile. Uh, I know, Sarah, you have a lot of opinions on mobile optimization, but talk to us about having a mobile friendly website and how important that is.
2: Yeah. So, mobile is more important now than ever. Over half of all the websites viewed ever are on mobile devices. So, if you think that you can get away with having a pretty desktop site, and a mobile site, that's a hot mess. <laughs> I'm <sorry. laughs> um, It is seriously going to affect your score. And actually, Google now ranks your website on mobile before they even rank you for desktop. So it is that's so insane. important. That's insane. Yes. And if you don't even have a mobile website, they won't rank you at all. Whoa. So it is of the utmost importance that your website is optimized for all devices. Mobile and desktop. And a lot of platforms are actually really restricting with how they allow you to manipulate your mobile website. So it's really important that you find a great website host that will allow you to modify your mobile website so you can make sure it looks fantastic from every device. Make sure that your galleries and your photos are scaling well. That is one of the biggest things that gets creative, um, entrepreneurs into trouble is the way that their images are scaling on mobile devices. And also that the text size for mobile is a minimum of 14 point. Anything smaller than that is going to be all but impossible, even for the youngest person to read. Um, so make sure that you have a minimum of 14 point size font. Um, the bigger, the better. I mean, I'm not saying make it like 50 <laughs> points, but <laughs> 14 point at a minimum for paragraphs and then subheaders and titles definitely even larger. Um and then two, another thing that gets people into trouble is mobile navigation. Make sure your mobile navigation is crystal clear and that people can navigate on their phone just as easy and effortlessly as they can on their desktop. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so good. Well, and real quick, you mentioned this a few sentences back about choosing a web host that is good for mobile optimization. Um, do you have a couple favorites that you want to share? Just because I can imagine listeners listening that maybe have just started their business. They're like, oh, I need a website. Oh, I need a mobile friendly website. Where do I go? What would you recommend? So show
2: it is definitely the best platform um, for my personal experience and professional experience. I was a Squarespace Circle member for a long time, and that's another really great option. They are a little bit more limiting, though, in terms of what you can manipulate on the mobile end than ShowIt. So ShowIt is definitely my top recommendation because on that platform, first of all, it's drag-and-drop code-free, so it is extremely user-friendly great for somebody starting out that does not know how to do anything tech wise with a website. Um, and show it allows you to manipulate the mobile site completely independently of the desktop site. So there's no limitations there. You can change up the way that a gallery is viewed for mobile specifically, so that it's even more friendly. Um, but Squarespace is another really great option. It will actually auto design the mobile layout based on how you design desktop, which sometimes can be a little tricky. Um, but for the most part, both of those flat platforms are really fantastic options.
0: That's so helpful. And I think the thing with like mobile optimization, like you were talking, Sarah, like I know personally, while you were even saying that, which I know like the importance of mobile optimization and everything, but I was sitting there and you're like, yeah, if it's not like mobily optimized, like people will get off. And I was like, oh yeah, like the navigation, like I've known many like Instagram ads or something where like I've swiped up on a website and then like got into the mobile website and i have no idea how to get around or to get to what i was looking for or like anything and i just immediately i'm like i don't have time for this and like i get off um and i think that's like pretty much everyone i feel can relate to that of being like i don't know what's going on here this is a hot mess i can't read that i can't see that i don't know where to go like this i like it stresses us out and so we click off um yeah and yeah. i think it's so important too like well, the and- stats of like clients who are doing, like if you're in the wedding industry, especially like the stats for couples who are doing wedding planning from their phone is insane. Like the majority, I think it's like 70 or 80% of couples are doing their wedding planning and the majority from their phones. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's just like, you're, you have to pay attention to those stats to know, like, yeah, we might ideally want everyone to look at our websites from a desktop, but that's just not going to happen. Like it's not. (laughs)
1: Right. Well, and think about like our own user experience, like you as a person, do you spend more time on the internet on your phone or on a desktop? You probably know the answer to that, like listening to this. And like, I think so many business owners forget that when you're creating a business, you have to think from the customer's perspective or from your client's perspective, or just people's perspective that are are hopping and interacting with you, hopping on your (laughs) website. You have to think from like, is it easy to navigate? Like, are are you making your pages absolutely easy to understand to navigate? Because if, if it's uh, like complicated at all, people will hop off. Like you said, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. And with that being said, Sarah, I would love to talk a little bit about like optimizing for mobile, but also like optimizing like images for your website because I know that affects both desktop and mobile. Can you talk to us a little bit about like what that looks like and why that's important?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your images directly affect the speed of your website. So how quickly your website is loading when someone is clicking on it and clicking through pages. So you definitely want to make sure that all of the images and artwork, that's another thing that people forget about. They'll resize their images, but they put a ton of artwork on their site um, or different like graphics and stuff, and they forget about that. And that's actually considered an image. So. All images and graphics should be resized. Um, the longest edge should be no more than 2,500, but 1,500 to 2,500 pixels on the long edge is best. Um, and one of the best resources really for resizing images is JPEG mini. Um, and I actually learned about that from you, <laughs> Abby, because before before that i was teaching people how to do it in photoshop oh
0: my gosh um, that's
2: funny
0: it's all thanks to you i got you boo anytime
2: <laughs> it's a little easier than photoshop most people don't yeah have that.
0: or know how to uh, use it like mm, yeah no jpeg mini is best friend for sure and it's only like 80 bucks, right? Yeah, it's right? Like a one-time purchase of like 80 or something. It's super reasonable.
2: Yeah. And then, I mean, there are some free ones, but they're not quite as reliable in terms of making sure that the quality is not compromised. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been using JPEG Mini ever since you told me about it, <laughs> Evie, and all of our clients love it. Um, we love it and use it all the time. So it's been a really great resource to make sure that, you know, although we are, Creating a smaller file size so that the websites will load quickly. We're not compromising the quality. And that's especially important for photographers. So it's a really great one. That's
1: so good. That's so good. Well, and then with. With optimizing images, can you talk to us a little bit about loading speed? Because I know that that's a huge aspect of websites, because you can't just expect everybody that has your website to or that's viewing your website to have amazing fast internet. They're not all in Starbucks with Google Fiber or whatever. Um, (laughs) Like you might have people that are hopping on your website with a little bit slower Wi Fi and you don't want your website to be slower or slow it down. Cause I I know if I've been on a website and it's the photos are loading slowly and I can't yeah. see what I came to see, then I literally hop off immediately.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean your images are the deal breaker there. Like if they are not resized, nobody is gonna be able to get your site to load. And that's really the contingency plan. Um, text and all of that doesn't really affect your site speed unless you had like your pages were, you know, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then you might get into a little bit of trouble. But usually it always comes down to the images. Um, So if you are resizing your images, then your site should be loading extremely quick. You shouldn't have any problem with that at all. And there's actually a lot of really great... um, checkers online. You can Google them, um, site speed checkers, and they will tell you and rank you um, and let you know, you know, hey, you need to resize this or that. So that's another great thing that you can do after you've optimized everything, run it through um, a speed checker and make sure you didn't miss anything.
0: Yes.
1: I know one that we use is the Pingdom speed test, which it's like Mm -hmm. kingdom, but with a (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm here to spell all the things for everyone. <laughs> and, and enunciate very clearly. Jar and Pingdom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, Pingdom is a great one that Lindsay and I both use and like recommend to a lot of our students. Um, Sarah, w- isn't there like a specific number that your website should load within? Isn't it like three seconds or one, two seconds? I don't know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> one to two is best. Definitely no more than three. I mean, I know, I don't know about you, but if I'm on a website and it takes longer than three seconds to load, I've already lost my yeah, totally. Like I'm, I'm on something else. Yeah. so you definitely want to have it in the one to three second range. Um, anything above that, definitely take a look at your images, make sure you yeah. haven't missed anything. Um, but those checkers will kind of itemize everything for you and actually tell you specifically what needs to be addressed. So that also helps kind of, that's
0: amazing. That's good. That's so good. Um, I think that's so important for a lot of people and especially I think newer entrepreneurs, like when I first got into like building my own website, which (laughs) lol was a joke. Um, I had no idea about like mobile optimization. I literally don't even think I looked at my website from a mobile device period. Um, and like, I had no idea about like optimizing or like re, um, sizing my images until like a little ways into like my new website. And I like went back and like redid all of that. And I didn't know anything about like SEO. Like I knew nothing. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like very overwhelmed by the idea of websites. Cause there are a lot of ins and outs and like intricacies that come with it. Um, but this is so freaking helpful <laughs> for just yeah. anyone like with the website world in general, um, is that I just have a question that I like am so curious about. Are there any like design hacks? Cause we've talked a lot about technicalities of like here, like resize your images, like have it like optimized for mobile, like just different things, but design wise, Mm -hmm. are there any design hacks to help really catch people's eye on like a website? Is there anything that like colors or layouts or, or anything like that, that you're like, Oh, this is a little insider tip.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So um, when it comes to the design itself, alternating layouts are very easy on the eyes. It's a great way to naturally um, lead someone's eyes from one part of the page down to the other. So when you have blocks of text and images on the site, alternate them. If you have text on the left and a photo in the right, if you do another section below that, flip-flop it. And that way, the eye is able to seamlessly follow the page. That's one thing you can do. Um, And then another thing is place any call to actions or menu icons. If you really want to capture someone's attention, put it in the top right corner. For whatever reason, that's where we always look. It's just a little...
0: (laughs) That's true. I didn't think of that. I do look there.
2: I had no idea. That's so fascinating. Yeah, so the top right corner is where it's at. If you want to grab someone's attention, which is why most people, um, professional designers, will put a menu icon in the top. Oh right Oh my gosh,
1: corner. that makes sense. So that's fun. so true. I wonder if it's because, like, when we read, that's like how you go to turn the next page, or oh, that's usually where the
0: page number is. I'm, I was, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> We're gonna pretend that that's like a very scientific, like, study that Lindsay has like personally invested herself into. <laughs>
1: Yep. People read books, uh, right to left. So that's, that's what I'm deducing. Yep. That's exactly it. I hope
0: you mean like they're reading Um, the pages right to left and not the words right to left.
1: No, yeah, that's what I meant. Like you, you don't read a book. You don't read a book backwards from like the very end. And then you don't, you don't flip from left to right. You flip the page right to that. Okay. 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 (laughs) Sarah, I had, One more question that isn't written down here, but as we were talking, I thought of it. And um, I think a lot of people might have this question too. What would you recommend? I mean, obviously there's, anybody can just like, sign up for a web host and make their own website, or they can choose to hire a designer. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that do both. Or I mean, I know when I first started, I had to make my own because I couldn't afford a designer. And then when I got to the point to hire you, the bomb queen ever of design, then I did that. But what would you recommend? Is there a certain like tell of when you should either design it yourself or hire a designer? What is your thoughts on that?
2: That's a really good question. Um... A lot of things play into that. Number one, like, does it make sense financially for your business to hire a designer is a big thing. A lot of people, that is not something they can jump into year one. Um, Some people it is, and that's great. Most people it's not. Um, It comes with time. So, you know, it is absolutely okay. And I might get myself in trouble for saying this with the design community, but it's okay to have a starting place. And it's okay if that means you have to do a DIY type situation, but do it educated. Don't do it blind. Um, If you have to do it, like really take the time to learn the ropes as best as you can so that you can give yourself um, or or put the best foot forward per se with your website. Um, But I would say, you know, when you're looking to grow a consistent client base designers don't just make things look pretty. They make them convert. Mm. And the conversion of your website is a whole nother ballgame. So when you're at a place in your business where you've got clients, but it's very inconsistent, your inquiries are not coming in steadily. um, And you really want to see that consistency ramp up and drive traffic from the search engines to your website. Um, it's not uncommon for our clients to see a three to five hundred percent increase in traffic after that's
0: Um, insane
2: and and that's where strategy and conversion come into play and unfortunately that's something that you can diy to an extent but that's where the need for a designer really comes in to kind of not only polish the look and help you develop your brand identity, but your brand strategy as a whole. So after you've kind of laid the foundation of your business, you have a, somewhat of a client base and you're ready to take things to the next level, bring on more clients get that consistency and really grow. I, I would say that's a good point to hire a designer. Mm.
1: I love that because... I mean and I love that you were candid and honest about like hey when you're first starting you might not be in the financial place to to hire a designer but I also mm-hmm. think When you're first starting, you're just like kind of throwing yourself out there. You're just kind of learning about your brand and who you are and how to translate that into a business. And I honestly think if you hired a designer like from the get go before you knew any of that, like if I came to you for my website and I didn't have a brand identity of who I was or like what colors I was naturally gravitated to or just even like who I was and what my heart was to serve and what I specifically wanted to do in my business, then like you could have made it pretty, but all the things that you're saying, like you couldn't have. Brought that to life because I wouldn't have even known who I was, and so I think when someone's first just baby, barely starting, I think it is important to like research and have the tools and maybe do a do I do I wow a DIY site just to begin. But like I love what you said about like kind of just the the markers of like hey, if you're ready to next level, if you're ready to if you're getting clients in the door and you're ready to like up that and really. just like take it to the next level, that's like a really great place to hire a designer. And I I couldn't agree more. I love that.
2: Yeah, it makes a big difference. And um, I always encourage people, if you're trying to figure out like your brand voice and what you like, a lot of people like a lot of things. And that can be confusing when you're trying to develop a brand with one singular (laughs) or a few different brand marks. Um, So one thing that we have our clients do In all of our client processes is create a Pinterest vision board. It's completely free. Make a board dedicated to your brand and what you want it to look like and the things that you love. And instead of focusing on trying to make it all cohesive and look like it matches, pin every single thing that you love and the things that you gravitate towards naturally. And then after you've pinned your heart out, come back a couple of days later with a clean sheet of paper and look for common denominators. And then you'll be able to start to pinpoint, okay, you know what? There's a lot on here, but I'm consistently drawn towards this rusty color or this dark blue or I'm consistently drawn towards abstract shapes or paint strokes and you will see those common denominators very quickly start to arise. Plus who doesn't
0: love Pinterest? Like I just gotta say, like <laughs> coming up with coming up <laughs> with like vision boards and like brand boards and things like that for like any of the websites or like projects that we're working on, like is one of my favorite parts of the entire like project. It's like, oh I get to go on Pinterest yeah. and this is considered work and I get to paint <laughs> a bunch of pretty things. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun. fun. Oh, that's so helpful. Sarah, like I can't tell you how much information you just gave in this, like, that's insane. I know for me, like I've learned so many of these things over years of like practice and research and trial and error. And my first website had none of these strategies, like none of them. And then my second website was like, I got so many compliments on it, which I do not understand. Cause it was like the simplest Squarespace template. And I got a bunch of people being like, your website's amazing. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but th- the one thing I will say that I kind of wanted to throw out there is I did create and, and build that website by myself off of a template. And, um, I built my entire business off of that website. And clearly my business was good, like thriving. Um, but the one thing I want to say to that, and this is like kind of an encouragement to any listeners out there who are just getting started, um, and can't afford a designer, like you can do it. But my encouragement to you is just be very intentional and strategic just because you're creating it yourself does not mean that you can just like think that it's not going to work at all and not care. Um, pay attention to like things like navigation, pay close attention to the copy and like what you're saying on your website. Um, do your best to make sure it's easy to navigate for, um, your audience and just be very intentional with like strategies. Um, because you don't necessarily, especially when you're just starting out and absolutely cannot afford it. You don't have to have the best designer in the world, AKA Sarah, um, design your website, but just throwing up like a couple images that are full sized and putting on a robot voice that you think people want to hear and then calling it a day. Like that's going to actually hurt you. Um, whereas like if you pour your heart and soul into building it yourself, I genuinely personally, from my own personal experience, like, I know you can do it. Just be smart. Like, I don't know if you agree with that, Sarah, but I personally, I'm like, just be smart about it. Like you can do it until you get to that point where you can hire someone (laughs) like Sarah. (laughs) I mean, you gotta educate
2: yourself. I mean, what what would this world be without yeah. education? You gotta take the time and dig in. And um, I mean, this podcast alone is an incredible resource mm-hmm. for that. But you know, just don't be afraid to dive in. Like, yeah, it can be intimidating to start a whole, <laughs> you know, research endeavor on figuring out, you know, how to design a website, but if you don't have the resources to it, like it's okay. Invest your time and what do mm-hmm. what you can. Um, try your best, and um, you know if you're really putting in the time to implement a strategy, um, then you're going to see a benefit from that. It doesn't have to be done by a professional to see mm-hmm. a benefit. Um, a designer builds upon that for you, um, so you can absolutely build that foundation using the tips and tricks that we've just taught. In this and, um, grow from there
1: for sure. And I will say not to like, I feel like what we're saying right now is almost encouraging people. Hey, you can do it on your own. You can do it on your own. And Uh, you can especially, and if you don't have the financial ability, if you don't have the financial ability, yes, you should do that. But the caveat to that is when you're able, if you're financially able and you're ready to take it to the next level, hire a freaking designer like Sarah, or just straight up hire Sarah, like (laughs) she, is amazing, and just like any designer is gonna like take your foundation and expand it, and just like Sarah said, like there's a five hundred percent. I don't know what you said. What did you say? Like two to three hundred percent,
0: the version or whatever. Yeah,
1: that. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. hiring a designer is one thousand percent worth it when you're able, because like mm-hmm. my new website is on stupid good. It's unreal. Like what you (laughs) did, Sarah, and I'm just so thankful. And so we're, we're honestly thankful for you just dropping those knowledge bombs for people that are just starting out or even people that had a designer make their website, but still like everything that you're saying is still applicable knowledge for any creative entrepreneur Mm -hmm. to know.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I could not agree more, um, on investing in that. And I know for some people it might be a stretch, um, to invest into a designer, even in like a couple of years in or something like investing in something in your business is probably always going to feel like a little bit of a stretch. But I like, while I'm trying to encourage the newer people to like, you can do it on your own. Like, don't give up listening to this episode being like, Oh, I can't afford one yet. I'll pay attention to that three years down the road. Like, that's what I'm trying to encourage. Like you can do it alone. But if like, if you're able to afford a designer, I'm just piggybacking off of Lindsay like please do like the conversion it's an investment but it's going to convert and it's going to create results for you that's like insane i can't even tell you like the 180 that happened in my brand and my business and my numbers um after sarah finished my website so 1000% um sarah <laughs> for anyone who's like listening to us rave mm-hmm. about you right now and are like, Oh my gosh, I need to know more about this girl, about this business, about her design. Where can people find you?
2: Yeah. Um, so they can find us at elizabethdesigns.com or on our Instagram, designs. It is spelled you, kind of, yep. So, can you spell so. that? Yep. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a L I S a Alyssa Beth B E T H designs with an S. Um, you can thank my mom for the weird spelling of my <laughs> name. <line. laughs> but
1: that is where we yeah. at. I still like struggle with the pronunciation. I still call you like Elizabeth, which doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's, it's a personal problem I'm working over.
2: <laughs> good. So good. At least we're not. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been there. <laughs> we're over it.
1: I cannot. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, Sarah, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for spending time and taking time out of your day to talk to us and give us these tips to our listeners. Like I know so many people are going to be enriched from your beautiful
2: words. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be able to share and
0: love you guys so thank you. We love you, girl.